So by looking inside, I've been able to kind of help outside. And yeah, I think it's really important that we understand the value of intrinsic motivations. And once you sort them out and know who you are and what you want, well, then you can just engage your verbal will and make shit happen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Good Thief. My name is Joel Jackson. I am your host. And this is our eighth week together. How bloody good is that? Eight weeks of inspiring ideas, you know, pushing our ambition and learning from other people that we may not have had a chance to listen to otherwise. And it's all thanks to The Good Thief and the community that we're creating. Um, To all of you who have left rates and and reviews, I really appreciate it. To all of you subscribed listeners, how are you going? And to all of you new listeners, hello and welcome to The Good Thief, a place where you can steal and claim ideas from great minds and, and remarkable individuals and put them into your everyday routines, rhythms and practices. It's joy uh, being able to be a part of that, and it's also a joy to speak to people like we're speaking to today. His name is Samuel Johnson, and what you just heard is a snippet of our 45-minute conversation, 45 minutes of that hard-hitting, honest gold. Samuel Johnson is a Medal of the Order of Australian recipient, a world record holder, gold Logie winner, and a cancer crusader. He's a man with one of the largest hearts and broadest minds that I've ever had a chance to speak to. Sam, I'm really thankful to you, mate. I sent an email out anonymously just to the Love Your Sister website. It went straight to Sam's email and he responded and said he'd love to talk. And their message is very simple. Don't fall into the booby trap. Be breast aware. And the organisation is here to raise money and awareness towards breast cancer and are making sure that no more lives have to be lost to this devastating cancer. Now, you may know Sam from some of his great roles that he's done on Australian TV and film in Cracker Jack, Secret Life of Us, and and a myriad of other great things, including the Molly Meldrum story, which he won the Gold Logie for, and the Silver Logie as well. Uh, He's a hyper-talented man, but indeed, he walked away from acting last year uh, after having won the Gold Logie, and now works solely with Love Your Sister, reaching out to schools and improving awareness and recognition for cancer. Now, Sam... As much as this man is incredibly wonderful and talented, he's had some he's had some troubled times. He's had run-ins with the law and 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 other things, and I think that's what makes this such a beautiful conversation. Is because I didn't email asking him for a certain thing that we could talk about, and he didn't email back saying this is all he wanted to talk about. This is the first time that we met, and we just sat down. And we talked honestly about certain things. Of course, there's, you know, five, ten minutes of us just getting to know one another. But as soon as we click into something here, we, we really go for it. And we speak honestly about our own toolkit, our, our mental health, um, things that we can do to raise our own ambition, tricks that we've stolen, and, and things that you can do to empower yourself to own your life. Whether it be good, whether it be bad, whatever your history, whatever your past, if you want the shit that you want to do in your life to work out the way that you want it to work out, it's got to be you driving that vehicle. And I really thank Sam for the conversation that we had and his honesty in sharing his point of view on that. It definitely made my day. I thought about all the things we talked about for about the next four to five hours and and I didn't do much else for the rest of the day because of the power of this conversation. It's been one of my favourites and... Again, I thank Sam for taking the time to, to do this with me and I do it in a manner that is honest and blunt. It's really funny. It's really bearing. And and I hope that, you know, Sam says at the end of it, 
He hopes that there was one piece of gold for one person in this. And I think there's going to be a multitude of goodness for a multitude of people. And it's about enough from me, okay? I'll stop talking and let you listen to this great conversation. But before I go, know that Love Your Sister is an active charity that is changing lives and the way that we view breast cancer and our acknowledgement of it. Search Love Your Sister in Google or head to loveyoursister.com. There is also some great presents going out at the moment for Christmas. There's the Dear Santa book and the stick, Christmas presents and stockings, or you could give the ultimate gift and just donate straight to the website. Thanks for listening again. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and be a part of this community. I cherish you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Good Thief here. This is our eighth episode. Thank you for sticking around. Thanks for being a part of this community. It's something that... I'm really proud of and people coming up and saying stuff on set or, you know, we had extras on set coming up and saying thanks for the podcast and and other people emailing in from across the world. So it means the world to be starting something and be doing this and we have a very special guest. His name is Samuel Johnson and I'm privileged to be sitting across the room from this man, an Order of Australian medalist. Medalist? Do you call it a medalist or a medallionist? Um, or like? uh, uh, Medal of the Order of Australia recipient. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, there's a lot of language around that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. There's p- correct ways to do things, say things, and they give you pins and stuff, and there's correct ways to wear those pins on your, on your lapels. On your lapel and and, um, it's, it's really quite a, um, a technical process. Because I'd imagine it's like when you go to, like, the governor's house or something, yeah, and yeah. there is a, an address and stuff. But, mate, thanks for giving me your time. I know that, I know that you're a stretch with, you know, you're busy. You're going out on the road tomorrow for a, a visit to, to schools again, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm constantly visiting schools. I'm over 100 now and I'm aiming for 500. This year alone? Uh, no, just, I'm just, that's just my aspirational goal. Yep. I've done 100 across the last six years. Yeah. Um, and I've done over 950 community events. Um, but yeah, I want to get I want to get 500 school visits. Uh, I'm, I'm going out to every primary school in the country um, offering to come. Uh, visit if they'll have me and yeah. uh, whoever says yes I'll go and say you'll get there yeah so I could actually run into you know over a thousand it if could, it lasts long enough it could go well I mean that's what happened with the the unicycle ride I mean like that's yeah. how I first heard about you yeah. mate because I grew up northwestern Australia right. in the deserts of the Pilbara and stuff like Is that, that right? yeah mate so I no way yeah I was never in Jeez, you'd never be able to tell looking at you <laughs> <laughs> you look, well, you look kind of metrosexual, you know. I do. Well, that's this gig too because I have the to Pilbara, shave every summer. The Pilbara summer. is the other end of a different world. It's Mad Max No one understands unless life. they've been there. No, nah, and it's the Wild West. When I tell stories about what me and my old man and my family have done and do on it's holidays, yeah, there, people don't it? believe you. Or playing gigs as a 16-year-old. I, I used to play at one of the last skimpy bars in Australia. Yeah, And right. as a 16-year-old, they'd be sitting there kind of booing at you to get off. Because they wanted you to leave because you were underage and the skimpy barmaids couldn't come out. And that's what you needed to uh, to give you the medal to do what you've done. Yeah, well, yeah, it cut my you, teeth in a big way, mate. Well, like, you've, you've got to lose rooms to know how to uh, to know how to keep them. And, where's and that you, come from? And you've got a tank to be able to succeed. I mean, from the comedy world, really. I yeah. Mean, you know, how many times do you just bomb? <laughs> you know, and I mean, I've done. I do a lot of public speaking. And, you know, I go, I go into a lot of corporate rooms, you know, you might go into the high end of some Martin Place in Sydney and be speaking to, 
you know, investment bankers and whatever. And, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, you know, they're hard rooms to crack. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember speaking to Guy Sebastian about it at a, at a corporate gig in Sydney during their Vivid Festival. Right. We had, we had to go in for a corporate and, you know, and try and bust the crowd open. <laughs> Even Guy Sebastian, who, as we know, is, Has, is a is a an absolute prolific yeah. live performer. An international... St- wasn't he oh, Eurovision? Mate. For us? Oh, he's done heaps of shit. But, you know, um, but, but he... He's so good at what he does. I watched him spend 40 minutes trying to crack a room in Sydney. Christ. And um, and if it weren't for me and Adam Goodsey kind of taking the lead and doing a bit of a boogie, I doubt he would have cracked the room at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's interesting to know that you were trying to bust rooms in the Pilbara. That's where it started, oh, man. Holy cow, dude. See, see, that's the furthest I've ever been away from the earth. Really? Like yeah. that, that far up to... Like, no, metaphorically. Oh, yeah. Like, no. it's, oh, in, in terms of, like, it's, it, it's further away from the earth than when I'm up in the air in a plane. Yeah, it, I hear It's otherworldly. Like, I'm still recovering from riding my unicycle through that thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those areas that stayed with me. So when you were doing that ride, mate, like, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about and we could talk about because you've lived a life unto millions of people have like you're a world you're a guinness world record holder yeah you've raised over like multiple millions of dollars towards breast cancer research and other institutes around australia Damn straight. and and that's a huge achievement mate. my nan has had a double mastectomy and my family's been touched by breast cancer and that contribution to then the ongoing awareness and support of those institutes is phenomenal mate. I, I fight in the name of your nan my sister and all of us affected thanks brother and i tip my cap to you and i think a lot of people listening will this country is you know, so affected by cancer and it's many, 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 many forms like that. But there's a million things that we could chat about, mate. But the, let's start with the Unisoccer because we're there. Yeah. How long did you do that for? I spent 364 days with a pole up my ass. Because <laughs> 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 you left me. And, left I, from... and I volunteered to do that. <laughs> you and, asked and, for and there were no there was no cash incentive. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't anyone going. <laughs> you know how everyone's got a line? Yeah. Everyone's got yeah, that, what's that, your that, that, kind of, that 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 amount of money that would send you over the line. I just decided zero dollars. <laughs> I'll have a pole up my ass for a year, thank yeah, you, sir. Yeah, because you so left about eight to ten hours a day. Because you yeah. left from Melbourne Federation Square. That's right. In 2013. That's right. With the goal of raising a million dollars and riding up to and around fifteen thousand k's right. in yeah. the name of breaking the Guinness World Record and raising yeah. money for the Garvin Medical Institute uh, Research Institute. Yeah. Um, you came back a year later, 2014, fifteen thousand. 955,000 kilometres. Yeah, yeah. And then about, I think it was, yeah, 1,477,630. Yeah, bucks. we smashed it. So I smashed the world record by about five, 600K. And Far my sister wanted me to raise out. a million and I brought, I brought it home with nearly 1.5. So we, we designed it to succeed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I allowed for every possible contingency, which is why I was gone for a year. Yes. Um, you know, I could have done that right in about seven months yeah um yeah people have and people have you know people have walked around quicker than i spent riding yeah um but but i had a next level community engagement plan i wasn't just going to rock up to a town and then and then you know be gone with all the money yeah um you know i stayed around i saw as many people as i could and i, I stuck around long enough to say thank you yeah um and, and in communities, and, that and, means the world. Oh, mate, you know, they have people kind of helicopter in and out and I find it really offensive because I come from a smaller community myself. But, yeah. Um, but really it was that combined with the fact that I wanted to allow a three-month buffer for any kind of serious injury. 
Yeah. So yeah. so I just had to give myself wiggle room so that I kept my promise. Yeah. Um, you know, so it became not about doing it in record time, but in fact getting it getting it done yep. and, and bringing it home, you know, because let's not forget our, our, our goal wasn't to break – our main goal wasn't to break a record. Yeah. Our main goal was to remind as many young women in the country to check their boobs. Yeah. And the goal was to raise a million dollars. So – that, those were my two goals that were forefront, and 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 of course my 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 asp, my my dream was to do all that and get back and my sister still be alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, you know, I mean, it had you, you put yourself in a position where it has to be done. Yes. So you use your verbal will. You know, you just you you you, you just go okay. I'm going to commit to this, and it's not going to happen until um, unless I tell everyone. All the time, yeah. Because about it what ha- I'm going to do, and it has, yeah. As soon as because those people that have an idea and then say, I find like within this world we're in now, yeah. As soon as someone has an idea and voices it, that it kind of loses that sense of power. But do you find that the more um, that you repeat it to yourself, that then that no, becomes no, I an find affirmation? The more, once I'm ready and I see it and I know it can happen, that then that state of incubation can take months, years. Um, yeah, you know, it can take a long time because you do um, want to do it right. You do want to set up. I'm not leaving until I see it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not campaigning for the gold logie until I see it. Yeah. I'm not, not you know, I'm not raising 10 million until I see it and nobody knows about it until I see it. Yeah. So I don't engage my verbal will until it is clear to me that it is achievable. Yep. And that it is the best course and that it should be done. Once I commit to that internally after a savage incubation period that takes me through all of the best and worst possible scenarios, um, uh, imaginable, mm. then you, you engage your verbal will um, uh, ex- extrinsically. Yes. So, so your motivations then go from being intrinsic to extrinsic, and 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 you tell everybody you see, strangers on the train, people at the bar, you know, um, you, you you say, "G'day, I'm Sam. I'm going to ride a unicycle around the country next year. How can you help me?" Yeah, wow. Um, and and you go and you cold call everybody without judgment, whether they look like they've got money or a job or not. Mm. And you talk to every person in your waking life until that fucking thing happens. Yeah. And and how do you do it? Well, no, you don't do it by pedalling for a year. You do it by getting your intrinsic motivation settled and then making sure that you motivate yourself and then switch extrinsically and you go and talk to people, and 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 from these conversations, opportunity opportunities grow. I was at the back of a theatre in Geelong. I remember years and years ago, I'd barely told anyone about this thing. Yeah, um, I'd been working it in my head for fifteen months. I'd been, you know, trying to get sponsorships, all that kind of stuff, logistics and planning and and organising you know, a team around it. And yeah, 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 yeah. You know, with with no money. <laughs> You know, it's um, you know, with no sponsorships in the middle of the GFC crisis in the same year when yeah, the Quant- where 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 the international naming rights went for the Melbourne Grand Prix went to Qantas for a hundred thousand. Far you know, out. like you know, I'm seeking two hundred thousand to try and get around for a year, and you know, I'll try and get some newspaper coverage. Um, you know, like it's um, it was an, it was an absolute dogfight. But I was in the back of this theatre in in Geelong, and there was this bloke next to me. Didn't look like. Um, you know anything particular? He's yep. kind of just, just another guy. Yeah. And I uh, said, "How years ago?" And, and uh, got yarning with him, and he said, "Well, I own a, I own a, um, a printing business." He said, "Any, any of your printing you need, and I'll sort you out." 
and um, he's still my printing sponsor. Till this day. Yeah, and, uh, and I can now afford, without touching donations, to pay for some of that printing as thanks. Wow. And uh, I probably spend 50 grand a year with, on printing with him now. Far out. Um, and uh, that doesn't come from donations, and that doesn't include the oodles and oodles of printing he still does for us for free. Far um, So there's an example of me just not knowing anyone, cold calling a stranger. Yeah, and 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 it, it's a boring story about how I chatted to a printer, but 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 I play golf with him twice a year. He's, <laughs> he's a family friend, you know. The kid, you know, the, the kids, the kids. I know all the kids, and and, and you know, I, I go to Geelong, and go to watch the basketball with the kids. Yeah, and and he's a family friend. Do you on on the just on the back of the the cold calling and the reaching out to people, mate? Has that always been a part of? Sam, no, as a human being? No, 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 no. I've always had a willingness to engage, mm. but I hate asking. Yeah. So I've always, I've, I've totally always been social. Yeah. And I'll go up and talk to a stranger without any encouragement whatsoever. In fact, I'll go up and talk to a stranger with active discouragement. <laughs> um, you know. Um, um, but um, I, I think but that, yeah, yeah asking is hard and I can't ask all the time. My confidence has got to be up. I'm in yes. sales. I'm a sales guy. You know, help me do this. You know, you know, and I've got to convince them to to support me. Yeah. Um. You know, and and potentially for nothing back. Um. That's a hard pitch in a, in a material world. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I find that my my selling is sporadic, and when I'm up, I have to go hard. Yep. And uh, and, and and when I'm down, I, I I don't reach out. Yeah. And is that when you do your intrinsic? thinking you know what i mean like do you do you just kind of in in the business sense of the thing just kind of go all right well i'm a bit down today i'm monitoring where i'm at well, these are the goals and i'm going to map these things that yeah, i want well, to kind of top they've up pr- they've proven that a human's um a human has deep psychological needs mm. so we don't just have physical needs to stay warm and be fed uh and uh and and, and to, to have shelter um but we have equally important psychological needs. These um, uh, can be broken down into about eight areas, including um, a sense of belonging, uh, a sense that you're being heard, mm-hmm. um, a sense of autonomy or, or power over your life, and other such things. Um, these are the markers for, for psychological well-being and happiness. Um, if these aren't being achieved, you're much more likely to be depressed. So the more you focus on your intrinsic psychological needs, how do I find uh, my role in a community so I can find that sense of belonging? How do I feel less isolated by, you know, um, uh, by the way I live my life? It's proven that if you're, if you're extrinsically motivated, uh, that you're... F- you and, and, and the more... Uh, the more extrinsically motivated you are, the worse it gets. You're much more likely to be depressed. Right. Um, it's not going to give you that comfort. So if I'm playing the piano right now mm-hmm. because I love playing the piano, then I'm going to get a joy, a sucker uh, um, from that because I'm doing something intrinsically. I'm doing it for the joy of it because I want to do it. Yeah. Now, if I'm playing that piano... And um, I'm playing to an audience and I'm getting paid 150 bucks and I've been doing it for 20 years and I'm really sick of it. Uh, and I'm worried and I'm wondering what the people in the bar are thinking of what I'm playing or I'm sweating about the fact that they're not listening. 
or, or, or I'm on autopilot because I'm thinking about trying to fuck the girl at the bar in the mini. Yeah. Um, that's, that's playing the piano extrinsically. Um, that's, that, and so the more you do things for others, the more you can fuck yourself up. And, and so this comes down, back down to the notion of kind of what do you do for yourself versus what do you need from others? Now, you don't need much from others... Uh, and you're not going to be disappointed by others if if you've satisfied your own intrinsic motivations. So therefore, my intrinsic motivator is to is to give. Yeah. So it's 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 basically I've chosen to do something that doesn't rely on in, on extrinsic approval. I'm not getting donations because I want people to slap me on the back and go, "You're a good fella. You turned your life around." I'm doing it because intrinsically. Um, it, it involves me in my community. It gives me a sense of belonging uh, because I'm now no longer taking it, t- you know, taking it from the man in showbiz. Yeah. It also gives me back my sense of autonomy and power over my life. So by looking inside, I've been able to kind of help outside. And, and, and yeah, I think it's really important that we understand the value of intrinsic motivations. And once you sort them out, and know who you are and what you want, mm. well, then you can just engage your verbal will and make shit happen. But unless you're aware of, of that, it's hard to realise why you've got that empty pit in your stomach. Yeah. And, and why you're not feeling satisfied or overjoyed and why you only ever get excited rather than content. Why you only get kind of, um, you know kind of pumped up or wired rather than than satisfied yeah and it's and it's why you get a get a a cheap kick out of uh, you know out of um a superficial hit that that uh, um not knowing that if if you look intrinsically you can find uh, much better drugs much better highs and um and much better rewards yeah so it's really i mean i think we're so busy trying to be uh someone for others uh, that, 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 that we forget the value of being ourselves. And if, we, if we're busy focused on, on making sure that we're not bullshitting ourselves and that we're getting ourselves right, then people will love you for that. Yeah. So, so really the more you reach for, for the love from another, uh, the, the, the kind of more hopeless it seems to be to me. Yep. So I think, you know, um, if you, you know, get your own backyard in order and uh, people will love you for it or not and you won't be overly affected by that because you found something that you believe in that, that gives you something back. Yeah, if you can sit in your own backyard and appreciate the garden that you've built and love it and when people come and visit, you just, you know, you go, yeah, this is my garden. They exactly. Go, That's great. Exactly. Yeah, now, thanks for coming. And my sister Connie died uh, a year ago never having felt the joy of being alone. Yeah. You know, she had to surround herself with people constantly. She was up all night talking to people, whoever she could find on the phone. She could never be alone. And I thought about it a lot. And I, and I, and and before or after? Oh, during, before, yeah. after. And I thought, wondered about it my whole life with her. Um, I'm like, well, and I worked it out. She thinks that when it's just her, she's alone. But... When you're alone, you're not. It's, it's not that nobody's there because you're by yourself. Mm. You're there with yourself, so you're not alone. Yeah. So it's not. It's funny how people. I don't know. So I, I kind of, really, really love, being alone, because, 
there's someone there and it's me. Yeah. And so I think to be by yourself or by your own side uh, is very different to being alone. And I think we mischar- mischaracterise it. And, and, and if only my sister had have realised that when other people weren't around she was never alone, um, she might have uh, not died reaching. Yeah. And it's my aim to not die reaching for anything other than another breath. Yeah. I think I think it's a huge thought to you you can say that stuff to people on in in any daily wake daily waking kind of moment in life but to fully understand it or do you know what I mean to practice that not practice that but to appreciate it and appreciate that not a silence with yourself but knowing that there is a voice and there is a wealth of experience and a wealth of an ongoing conversation because you are different in every single day yeah. with yourself yeah. and you'll either have a great day or a crap day or you'll be building towards something or you don't know where you are or you don't know what room you've walked into into yourself but it's a new space and you're kind yeah. of going, well, what is that? But to get people to understand that and the power of that, you know, like Steve Jobs would say, the the loudest like the, the loudest voice is the quietest voice that's inside of your head, but it's the one that needs to be listened to the most. Oh, thank you, because that's where I was trying to get to, exactly. And, yeah. could, and, 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 you know, we'd be dreaming if we think we could put it better. At the end of the day, what are you losing by not giving yourself that processing time? I mean, think of your brain as a, as a CPU. You know, I mean, you, you need actually time to process the data. I call it incubation. Mm. Um, I've realised that the more I step back, the less panicked I am because I have time to process the pain. I have time to process the information. I have time to strategize unthinkingly while I do something else. Yes. And I come out of it with answers. Yeah. You know, and I'm not even setting out to find them. I'm literally just being by myself. Now, for me, I might be doing something mindless. I might be throwing a dart at a wall. Mm. I distract myself to find the answers. I don't search so hard through the questions only to find the answer that I'd prefer, you know. <laughs> that's, like no, it, that's brilliant. You know, it's, it's it, brilliant. It's, yeah. I mean, don't just see it as time away from others or, or taking a break. See it as a necessary part of your success because how could any human be expected to do the work that they need to do on an individual level to process their role in, in their job, their strategy when it comes to a new campaign, um, you know, their approach when it comes to a new year or a different job. How are you meant to achieve any of your goals in life, whether they're physical or professional or personal, mm. if all you're doing is telling other people about them and if all, you, and if all you're doing is trying to, you know, in between all that and all, your, all of your interactions, all, all you're busy trying to do is, is, is convince yourself that it's all good. Yeah, or well, fill it with other things. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, fill your time, absolutely. Yes, fill it fill, all. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, but, but that time alone where you're not doing anything, you're not doing it specifically and you're just, it's gestating, it's, it's incubating, it's processing subliminally. That's as important as going to the gym and it's as important um, as your wife who, you know, uh, and your kids who, who have a reasonable expectation of your time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, you know, people call it stuff like putting yourself first. Okay, all right, put yourself first. But when you're doing it, don't watch Netflix. 
right? Don't play the computer game because mm. that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, and don't get on your phone. Don't get on your phone. Like literally, you can listen to music, yeah. chuck a dart, do something yeah. that's not um, that allows you this mental space to think. If I'm engaged on the PlayStation, I'm too busy thinking about my manoeuvres and, um, and, and, and my actions within the game. I think you've got to do something fairly simple. Yeah, and distract yourself with something fairly human. Some of the best there was a, there was a great book that came out. It was called Walkers or something. I, I, like I don't don't quote me on that, but it was all about the greatest thinkers and writers in the world yeah. and how they all took long walks. Yeah, and they just went. And then Tesla. Um, yeah, what do you think they're doing? They're not plotting. They're, not, they're just letting they're it. Just letting yeah, it. They're just letting it take, sink in. And they're thinking yeah. and they're going with it. You know, and um, Tesla used to used to have naps in this beautiful old chair, right? And he'd hold two big massive kind of ball bearing balls in each hand and he'd have underneath it metal trays underneath each hand and they'd go either side of his armchair That's and he'd, brilliant and he'd nap yeah. right and so einstein, he, einstein was a big fucking believer in the power of naps too yeah and yeah and so he, so he reckons that's where they came well yeah mate i i'm a, I'm a big believer I like that in, ball in, in thing, this mate. way well he'd sleep right he'd sleep and then the moment that he would nap and then let go of the balls and that balls would wake him up from hitting the thing oh that's perfect he would write down oh genius the break in the subconscious to then find the answer to where oh, he was at oh man i gotta try that it's amazing right yeah because i fall asleep and drop shit i know the point that he's talking about yeah and you just go you've let go of all the other I know conscious how heavy they kind were. Of, i'm i well i always wouldn't thought have wanted about them it. too you know, heavy big, no you know those big truck ball bearings not, yeah like i'm thinking about the not, size not of light enough to be able to contain it while asleep yeah and not that you, and you not sit heavy there and enough that you can't it. sleep without no. <laughs> without concentrating on holding it like tying yourself to me i reckon like, ball bearings would be too heavy i reckon if you did it with like a something slightly heavier than a cricket ball i reckon i reckon a cricket slightly heavier yeah. i reckon that'd be slightly too light i could hold that while i was I sleeping hold a cricket I ball while i slept because I, I, I find it really hard to let go of things. Yeah. And I've just started meditating for that purpose. Because I've got... My energy levels are nuts. Like, I'm up at five and I go oh, to bed. Oh, you're like at, me. Yeah, I go yeah, to bed yeah, at 11.30. Yeah, right. Like, I am the eternal and Labrador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just go. Yeah, yeah. And I find it... In that thing of finding time to then turn off, I find other things to do. Because I love to fill my time. Yeah. But then I find it... Like, this podcast has taken me ages to do because I didn't want it to just be an idea. I wanted it to be that Don't slap it together, mate. You'll die no. a quick death. No. You know? And that's the thing. So having... This save runs in a rush. Take your time. Do it properly. Don't be a moron. Yeah. Well, what's that thing about... So I take a lot of wisdom out of military stuff. Yeah, right. And so fighting well, is... as you ought. Hey? As you ought. Well, this the thing is like The Art of War was one of my favourite books growing up by dude, Sun Tzu. Dude, dude, it's fascinating Isn't it shit? brilliant? Yeah. And so like the fight choreographer we used to have when we were studying was... He'd call it time and space. Yeah. If you give yourself time it's and space. It's science, mate. It's science. Yeah. You give yourself time and space to deal with the object coming towards you and what's going on. Yeah. And you can check in with yourself and then see what's happening and you've yeah. got more time to deal with it. Yeah. It's not you stepping away from the problem. Yeah. It's you doing something that manoeuvres you in a way for just, whether it be two seconds or a second, to just give you that little bit of, I see that and now I'm thinking about this. But, I mean... <sighs> These are all these theories, mate. You know, you hear it, you like it. You know, there must be some people listening that are going, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but um, who probably aren't even listening now. No, um, I think a lot but, of people would be because no one talks like this. Well... But, but don't break that chain of thought. Like, sorry, mate, I interrupted you, but what you were going to... I'm just saying, like, what... But you're finding methods for you that help work for you. I've got methods that 
help for me. Mm. And then we talk about them in the hope that somebody else might glean something from it and take something from it because that's how we learn, by sharing our stories. Yes. But I, I'm just wondering whether I'm just talking to people that have got a really cool tool belt, um, that, 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 that have the... Um, it's most the luxury of um, of being able to tackle things on that level, yeah. um, and I don't know. It's that's what's cool about the modern world because we've got YouTube kind of convincing us that we can be the next Elon Musk. But I wonder what the effect of it all is because now I'm stuck in this bubble and I'm not talking to people who are just trying to fucking get through their jobs and look after their kids the best they can. I hear you because that's like that I don't want to get out of touch. I don't want to end up like my dad and end up some intellectual kind of wannabe or some some elitist kind of kind of person who can only be understood by, you know, the, the few people that he hangs with that speak the same kooky language. Yeah. It's like that thing of when... The Democrats and the Republicans were going against when Trump was getting into power, into the presidency. Everyone's going, well, how could this be possible? All of us think the same way. And you're going, no, social media has created this echo chamber that you're all living in because you only follow and talk to these group of people. You're not reaching out and talking to the other side to understand or hear that there is a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, we've forgotten how to argue productively. Yeah, because yeah, I don't, I mean, of, I never debated at school or anything, and I find it. Word, word is word is that political discourse is dead too because it can never get past that first level. Mm. You know, you used to be able to have political conversations without kind of everyone being so fixed. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and you'd kind of agree to disagree but still have the discussion. Yeah. Rather than kind of, you know, fight for a winner because everything's black and white. Yes, and sit at a table and then go, go home on that go, well, that was really rude of him. I felt really offended. You're like, no, you're having the discourse. But I'm with you. I, I like the idea of... Well, not the idea, mate. I really like that. I think there's strength in that. Recognising that you are talking to other people with a really cool tool belt, because I feel that way. I've been given all the all the nunchucks and the fucking and those <laughs> fucking Kill Bill swords and and the fucking and, stars, the ninja everything stars from Rambo, shit. all the guns in there. I got given all the tools, mate. I got. I got taught how to know myself. I got taught how to not bullshit myself. Mm. I, I got I got taught how to go to bed with who I am, and I got taught that there's only two things that matter: it's knowing who you are and what you want. Yep. You know, and and I've kind of got all this awesome kind of stuff that my dad packed, kind of downloaded into me, and um, but it still took me forty years to find a way to make it work. Yeah. You know, I was still kind of swimming upstream the whole time without really feeling like I knew what I was doing. It's not really until I kind of started to put a bit of it together over the years that it that I started to feel like I had half a handle on it. But do you think that's the purpose of a tool belt too? Is that you don't know you need that tool until that time comes? I just don't think we get taught how to look after ourselves. And, yeah, I agree like, and, with you. and and I end I end up having a special life because I've got that thing that that isn't widely shared taught to kids. You know, to to be really aware of who you're hanging around, um, to be aware of the fact that you always want to be the most boring person in the room, to be aware of the fact that, um, you know, of, of the consequences of your decision making at an early age. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. I, I, I was culling friends when I was seven. <laughs> you know, 
you know, twice a year. Yeah. I'd be like, right, who's good for me, who's not? Yep. I was doing that at seven. Oh. You know, I knew what I wanted when I was a kid. Every like- kid does know what they want. Yeah. They already know. And then parents come in and go, oh, you're not going to know for a while because I didn't know. <laughs> you know, like these kids know what they want. You just have to ask them. Yeah. Stop telling them what they should want. Yeah. They'll tell you what they want. Like it's, it's just like kids actually know already what they want and who they are. Yeah. And you've got to teach them to, to kind of be aware of that and foster that. And my dad did that. And I was screwy. My brain is wonky as fuck. <laughs> my mum was certifiable. I, I have what she had. I've, I'm, I, I'm not well, mate. You know, and and I've uh, <laughs> I've um, oh, that yeah, oh, sorry. that's that's when um, I I think that's when that's when Mario hits the hits oh the, the coin level thing. Up thing yeah 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 um, but my point is that my dad my dad kind of kept me focused on on the shit that counts and I've been able to live where my mum died badly um, and and I don't know I don't know. I just feel like everyone else got taught what to be and I got taught to always stay myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel gifted. And I'm just like, how can we tell everyone that um, that there's that we don't find it to other people? Other people are never going to be happy enough with themselves, let alone with you. They're not going to be happy with you. Yeah. And 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 you're going to you're going to live your life dominated by um, the perception of the people around you who are really just projecting their own perceptions of the, themselves and probably don't even really know you beyond a cookie-cutter, pigeonhole version anyway. Yeah. I mean, I've realised recently, no, I would have very few people in my life, but none of them really know me. You know, I'm just another person to them. I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the unpredictable Sam or I'm the, you know... Or I'm the fuck up done good, or I'm you know, or I'm the uncle catastrophe. Yeah. You know, um, only you, only I am going to give a fuck enough to to work out what it is, and nobody's going to really care about it anyway. So you might as well put some effort into it. Might as well put some effort into it. Color that coloring book. Yeah. People like you're so selfless. All this charity work you've done. Yeah, I've done it to stay healthy. Because I found what I needed inside to keep me rich. Yeah. Um, and I was blessed enough to be shown the way. Because it is that thing too, mate. Like I remember when I got into acting because mm. it wasn't always what I wanted to do. What was it? What did you want to do initially? I, I wanted to play music and I just wanted to... Oh, dude. Is that why the guitar's right that's there? That's my Cole Clark. So mate. you still play? That's my baby. I still Cole play. Clark's one of a strong Australian brand. I love it. Cole mate. Clark's, aren't they one of the... Are they, are they Australian? They are. Aussie. Cole, Cole Clark and Mayton are so the two best uh, brands, aren't they? Yeah, and that's Red Gum. That's yeah. it. It's all beautiful Australian. And it's... I'm glad to see you haven't abandoned it, mate. No, never. I still write. I've got about like 50 to 40 original songs. You, you don't ever stop playing, mate. Sit here. You, know, you wouldn't be happy as an table. actor if you didn't do that. No, and that's my thing. That's... This and yeah. the stuff that I do with um, Soldier On, which is a charity for wounded warriors and return service personnel so and stuff like that. you've got all your intrinsic motivators but, being but tended to. You're sorted, And mate. like my old man and mum. You're sorted. Like, well, like you're saying, they... I was lucky because both of them worked with kids. 
you know, like my old mum, yeah, she, yeah. she, she worked with disabled children and, and deaf kids so and stuff like that. So that fostered your compassion and your empathy? Yeah, and got two beautiful older sisters dad, that taught me the difference in perspective. And your dad was social and engaging, which Beyond fostered... social, which, mate. <laughs> ..which fostered your communi- communicative skills? Yeah. So you were blessed with a broad array of life skills. Yeah. Courtesy of your parents, you owe them it all. I do. And that's probably why you write some songs for them and sing to them every now and then. I do, mate. I've yeah. written them for my nephews too because then that teaches you that thing of... Yeah, Because like you're saying, mate... Bro, you're sorted. I'm a lucky mate because you know you do two lucky mongrels sitting here on a mic <laughs> chatting about how fucking good shit is. But I th- <laughs> as he lays back, there, <laughs> I'm gonna have a sip of me water. You go, mate, because I th- I think it's o- it's only through when I when I go home, yeah, and when I go home to Northwestern Australia, and when I chat to. I chat to my nan a lot. Yeah. Right? She's on the phone. She lives in Western Australia, down Albany, where I was born, and she's never been further north than, I think it's, oh, then Geraldton or something. That's what yeah, she tells well, us, you know? She's never yeah, left the I, state. I went Geraldton to Albany on the inner cycle. Mate. Yeah, yeah. I did the whole West Coast. You know, WA took me four and a half months, but go yeah. on about your nan. About your nan. <laughs> I love that. You know? I'm a man. Because, yeah, that's hence the, you know, West Coast Eagles premiership flag up there, too. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, your nan. <laughs> me nan. Yeah. But I talk to her all the time on the phone, mate. And at least twice a week. And, and she's, she's the lady that I go out to dates with. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. who I talk to. Yeah. Um, and we'll sit and banter and it's like being in the makeup chair at work and just having the ultimate ear to your conversations. Yeah. And she'll sit there and say stuff like, oh, it's really, you know, you're so lucky to have the life that you have and to be yeah. seeing the things that you've seen. And I'll talk to her about... And you are. You know, I know, I know, mate. And you sit and talk to her about what Melbourne looks like when the sun hits it at night and it all just goes golden. You know? Magic hour. The magic hour. And it's amazing out there. And that stuff to me is then the more I talk about my stuff out loud, rather than, like you were saying before, rather than kind of sitting here on my loop pedal inside of my head. No, you'll just end up with a marriage of convenience there, mate. Totally. But the more I say it out loud, the more I'm aware of who I am, the more I'm aware of where I've come from and how blessed I am. And I share it with other people and I hear that stuff and go, well, what can I take? From not only your struggle, but your blessings that I don't necessarily have. Like some but people also have. But also your shitty ideas get exposed. Your nan's there able to go, hey, Dale, go That's, get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Don't start thinking that there's more to that than, you know, and, 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 and other good people can help you regulate your levels and find your truth because you're only ever going to be, you know, like, because it's your lens, you're going to rely on those good people like your nan to, to provide you with your objectivity. Yeah. Because as much as you might want to kind of, you know, pull out and do the bird's eye on your own life, it's not truly subjective. Mm. Um, so, you know, this is why, it, you know, now I keep, now I'm worrying about the people that don't have a nan, that don't have someone that we're talk, that's listening. Same. That, and, and it's like, we're talking about, we're literally gloating about how lucky we are and we're saying why. But there's people there going, well, I don't have a special nan in the Pilbara. I didn't have a dad that that bloody taught me how to how to how to not kind of in, invest too heavily in in the fripperies of life. Um, Do you I don't find know, I keep coming back to these people and just going, well, maybe they don't even want to. Maybe they're fine. But that's because that's because that's their toolkit. You know. Yeah, what they've I mean? got theirs, but. I just, you know, but there's a lot of people that aren't, that aren't as, um, 
you know, just aren't as fucking content and as satisfied as I am. And I've, um, I've come from a place of, di- of extreme dysfunction, and um, and um, and we all harbour a lot of pain. Mm. And I don't think the people uh, who get through it necessarily harbour less pain. And I don't think the people who don't get through it necessarily are victims of of, of kind of you know too much pain. Um, and it's not a measuring contest, but no. I don't know. I just keep. My, I'm just, I'm getting so guilty about my levels of happiness and so kind of, it's, it's screwing me up because I've never been happy. I've never really been until like this. Until like, is like this, really is this recently, a recent thing? Yeah. Like I had to unicycle around the country to forgive myself. I, I was a self, I was a flagellator. Like I was, I, I mean, I put the whip away yep. eventually, but I had to go to extreme lengths to do that. And then once that was, then once I stopped telling myself I was horrible, it took thirty-seven years to learn how to to finally not even convince myself that I was not horrible, but just to stop doing it because I was tired. Yeah. Uh, and um, and from there it kind of opened up, and I just want everyone to be able to not feel the pain, um, because I never knew that you could not feel it. I never knew that that you could find a way through it. I never knew that. You didn't have to just have that pain always. And I've I've spent my whole life, I spent my whole life searching for ways that would help me deal with the pain to stop me from not wanting to live because why does anyone kill themselves? And I've never gotten close to even wanting that, but the answer's always the same. It's the pain. Too much pain. Mm. It's not weak or gutless or, or, you know, or evasive or unwell. It's too much pain. Mm -hmm. So given the fact that we all can harbour enough pain to tap out, we better fucking try and monitor those pain levels. And so my dad taught me, right, you don't ever think you're too good to, uh, to get help. And so I got help and I started learning tricks. I started getting aware of um, neurological habit loops and, and, and I started realising that a lot of this actually isn't my fault for making the wrong decisions. A lot of it's just hardwiring yeah. and a lot of it can be unwired. And then I started slowly picking myself apart and, uh, and, and flagging. And then all of a sudden I'm spending less time in court and less time with the law, uh, you know, less time um, fucked up. Uh, and... Uh, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to slowly, and this is over years and years, slowly just work towards not making those mistakes again because they were making my pain bigger. I knew my pain was getting bigger. And then every time I made a mistake, it was so amplified. I'd hurt people without trying. Mm. And then I'd blame myself for being a bad person. And I'd forget the fact that I didn't mean it. And it wasn't my fault. I just... Any time I've hurt someone, it's been unthinking. All right, so what, what's leading to me hurting people and lashing out and being unaware of, of, of my ability to be destructive? And so I start breaking it down and I'm not angry at anyone else and I shouldn't be hurting anyone else because my anger's with me and my pain's with me. And, and, and then slowly you just start to get really, really annoyed with yourself for doing that to yourself. And so how many people do you know are on a pain loop in terms of the, the pain that they cause themselves, no matter how much you might give them a compliment or tell them they, they're really good people? Yeah. They can't see it. And I don't know, I just, 
every time I talk to you, I'm just like, man, I'm talking to you without pain. And every time we talk about these tricks that we use and everything, I'm like, yeah, but how is that going to help the people with the pain? Because when I had the pain... I, I I didn't know that I didn't know that you could be without that, that it could be that I could be without. I think this thing of have we got three minutes because it's a forty five minute like yeah, right. on the dot session, which I love because yeah, yeah, it's that thing of like you just go awesome, but, dude. But thank you, man, for right. like before we wrap because yeah. I know we're going to call on the dot. But I think I think also the more you understand you like that self recognition of pain and disappointment or. Um, when you feel like you've betrayed the idea of yourself and hurt others, the more you see and can put the idea in your head that there is a you in every other person and see it in other people. This is why I love public transport. Yeah. Because I get on a tram or I get on a train or I get on a plane and I see myself in every fucking face. And it's not about me being egotistical or megalomaniac. No, no, I don't think it is. I I, I think it's about empathising and connecting with others and and absolutely seeing that you, you, like them, um, are are, are part of the human condition and the sum total of the experiences that you've absorbed from the people around you. So you are them. Yeah. And they are you. Yeah. It's that conditioning and connection thing of going... It wasn't. It wasn't always like this. It yeah. wasn't always like sitting in this beautiful apartment in Pran, looking out at the whole of the Melbourne Vista. She's looking sweet, eh? Isn't she gorgeous? But yeah. for the past nine months before this, I was unemployed. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and right. And I was using that guitar. Yeah. And I don't tell people this. Yeah, yeah. But I was using that guitar to pay my bills and make myself happy because wow. it's all I had. Wow. And it's all I knew how to do. And that makes you, bro. And then. You break through that thing of pain and yeah. going, I don't have to be sitting there like bashing myself with that guitar yeah. to make, get this by. Yeah. And you start thinking about other options and you start, but it's only through recognition yeah. and it's only awareness, through that education and awareness, you know, yeah, yeah. and whether that comes at breaking moments or someone saying something or you see, that's why I think that's really important about you culling friends at the age of seven yeah, yeah. because you've got to be, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself it with other so people? Sounds so snobbish and elitist, but I'm with you, mate. But, it's, you know, but you've got to surround you're only yourself as good as the people around you. Yeah, and because they're going to give you new ideas, yeah. or they're going to listen to you. They're yeah. not just going to stand at the top of the hole and see you down at the bottom of the well and go, "Is there any water?" You need people who know more they'll to be bring getting, up. Yeah, and they'll be getting down there with you and yeah. going, "Well, what have you got here in your toolkit to get out of this?" Yeah, because I've been in a hole too. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll do the same for them six months, six years, 16 years, 60 Rainbows years time. And That's 45 minutes. Fucking sweet. It's That's, been good to chat. This has been the greatest chat, mate. And I know yeah. I, I didn't email you or ask you when we first organised this to talk about any certain thing. I didn't know what we were going to talk about. We didn't know what it was going to be. <laughs> I just figured we'd go with it. <laughs> and I love that. And yeah. that's what I wanted it to be, mate. And so I, I thank you for just rolling with the punches yeah. and for having one of... Yeah, I know listening back to this, I'm going to have a lot of gold to pick through. I hope there's one good thing there for one person who's listening. One little takeout. Thanks for having me, mate. You're a champion, mate. Thank you. Cheers. (laughs) 